Jerry, what's been going on, man? Oh, man, staying busy. Staying trying busy. to find people to work. How's that going? Going well? Mm, not really. Still shorthanded back in Nancy's department, so the, the the ads have been up and down. I know you kind of like balked at it when I said I'd take them down when, when we're short stacked, but uh, we have. <laughs> I'm ready what, for you this time. I know, you know what I like is that I never live anything down with you. I like that. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I got I to gotta stand up and, and take it, which I need to more, so I appreciate that. Um, no, I like I, I like that stuff. No, well, well, I mean, I just I thought it was interesting. You know, I just never had anybody ever tell me that before. Yeah. Um, and but I mean, that's I think that's what I like what you guys do though. I mean, like it just it feels like you've really got it locked in though. Um, you know, with the ads and and you you know having that flow and and you guys do how's how's the organic been going? That's been going well too. Yes. Oh, the organic thing's been um off the hook lately i mean we've been getting still getting well over 100 leads a month and even when i don't have the commercial ads running we're still getting contractor leads two three a day coming in off the off the website just organically so those contractors man that's i tell you what that's that's a that's a pretty pretty effective niche to go after from what i've been able to tell yeah yeah i mean that service there's a lot of someone can be service intensive with the certificates but we have uh the automation with um, applied Epic with the CSR 24, and some of them actually go out there and issue their own, so that kind of helps out. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, kind of one of the things I was curious, you know, I mean, we've obviously known each other for a while, um, and it's just, I, I've always admired what you guys do. I like, I, you know, I just, I like what you, you know, how you guys have the agency set up, how it's how it operates. Um, I mean, I'm curious. I don't know that I've ever asked you this question, Jerry, but like, you've been doing ads and you've been in the internet game for a long time, but was there like, what was the moment like where it just kind of clicked and said, you know, I think we could do this. I think I could be good at this. I think this is important to the agency. Like how far back does that go? And what was the, what was the, if, if there's like an exact like sort of JFK moment when it happened? Hmm. I guess I, mean, I started here in 2008 and we had like a shell of a website. It was one of those can sites that, that, didn't really generate hardly anything. So I guess around 2010 is when I started um, thinking that we had to get more involved. I mean, Nancy was involved with some stuff with agency at the time. It was Quantum Club. They were just starting the agency revolution over there and talking about the importance of web, internet, and, and digital marketing, and that kind of opened our eyes to it. Um, and in 2011, we did launch our new site, and from there, just kept on going. But so I guess it's around that 2010, 2011. I mean, we started on Facebook in late 2009, I think, and wow. um, got our new website up and running in 2011. And um, it was just, you know, when we started talking to, to the people uh, at the Quantum Club meetings, and they said, test it out, go look yourself up, and we couldn't find ourselves. And that was like... That was a moment where, like, hey, that's a problem. <laughs> so. You know what's crazy is that it's 2019 and that's still happening, you know? Yeah. To where it's like, hey, go, can you find yourself anywhere? I mean, if you can't, nobody else can. And you're really looking. You know where to look. And uh, yeah. other people don't. Yeah, uh, so that was eye-opening. When, and I mean, we were nowhere on the local searches because that was just starting to be become a thing back then. And we were nowhere on the map search and, and nowhere on the, near the first page. So that was just like, wow, we got to think about doing something. So we started a little bit at a time building our, our digital presence until we got where we are today. So, yeah, I mean, what, like, 
as you obviously those are all kind of the the first steps you know hey let's do the website let's get on facebook was you know it's probably the you know the first social platform in a lot of cases for people when when did you start to drill in and start to figure out like hey we can attract contractors we can attract xyz and you know we can go after some of these words we can pay google we can you know just really get after i just set my google phone off um <laughs> apparently saying pay google it sounds like hey google so everything's freaking out over my house here um <laughs> but uh when did you realize that? Like, when was that? Like, hey, there's, there's, the more specific we get, the better the results we have. Um, probably not long after we launched our website in 2011. Um, we actually fell into a niche by accident with with used car dealers because we didn't really we had a market for it, but we didn't really have a a, a a campaign for it. But then our new website, they one of the pages they put on there was for used car dealers, and all of a sudden we started getting leads on that and like wow we're not even trying to get leads on that and we're getting them what can we do for mess with the contractors page and get get that looking better see what the how that can work and so we started doing that as well and then when the contractors weren't generating enough organic traffic that's when we decided to turn to the paid traffic to to get us on page one and increase the traffic which in turn helps the organic traffic so it's kind of a catch-22 there so yeah you know and that's I guess maybe I'm I'm curious as to how have you used that kind of continuously as like a strategic let's just dump a little gas on this fire to get it going and then like what's like when do you know like it's time to kind of pull back we've again like you mentioned we've had a historic conversation about you know turning those off when it is working so well um what does that look like like is there some sort of like ratio that you kind of monitor uh it's, it's more of a staffing thing I mean if we're we're fully staffed in commercial lines I'll just keep it going and but when we we get short staffed, um, then I, then I have to turn it off because Nancy's only one person and she, yeah. I can keep the phone ringing all day long. But then she might not like me when we get home. <laughs> um, well, that's that is something working with working with your wife and your spouse. That's I don't know how that's a that's a special skill right there, sir. And I and you guys seem to do very very well together as as far as your defined you know roles in the agency. Um, yeah, because if we're doing everything right, we hardly ever talk to each other during the day. So there you go. That sounds like a that sounds like words of wisdom right there. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, because just the statement, I could keep the phone ringing all day, right? Um, that's that's something that is legitimately a problem and and almost a fear of of agencies of where they can't make the phone ring really in any capacity, and. Um, what what is that? I mean, kind of having that on off control that 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 like turn off valve control. What is that? I mean, what is that? What does that enable the agency to do? Like, how do you approach things differently? And how how does it just once you don't have to worry about that anymore? Like, what are you able to do as a result? It's hmm. a good question. Um, well, what are we able to do as a result? Um, I mean, we don't, when we hire people, we don't we, we tell them right off the bat, you're never going to have to cold call. I mean, it, so it makes, when we do find the right people, it makes it easier to get them in the door because, I mean, one of the fears of a lot of the, of, of the folks coming in, especially the younger folks, is they don't want to pick up the phone and call strangers. So yeah. when they come aboard here, we're like, you're never going to have to do that unless you want to. Um, we're not going to make you cold call. You're going to have enough leads coming in and enough former clients and, and past leads that it's going to you're going to have enough to, we don't have to just pick up and call somebody on the phone book. 
So it kind of helps us in that manner, I think, uh, that, that mostly. So Yeah, I would imagine that's a big selling point. Like, what is the response when you kind of say that? And what is that process? I, I want to kind of get into that a little bit further. But, I mean, what what, what is the response from somebody that, you know, uh, when you do say that to them? Um. I mean, we don't, um, you know how we're set up, so we don't have the traditional producer CSR rules. We have the combined yep. selling CSRs. So they're not used to selling to begin with. That's doing that, that cold calling to begin with. So it's kind of a, a relief to them when they hear that. Um, so they know they, they, they're coming to a new agency, not quite sure how it works, and, and, and they see the sales service role as part of the description when they apply. And I guess it kind of sets their mind at ease when we say you're not going to be dialing for dollars out of a, of, a, of, a, of a, you know, cold lead book. Yeah. Um, you're going to have warm leads to call. Um, so it kind of sets their mind at ease, I think, because especially if they're coming from another agency where they're not used to having that selling role, per se, to know they're not going to have to do any hard selling. I mean, most of our selling, we don't look at it as selling. We look at it as we're helping the customer, and if we help the customer, the sales are going to follow we don't even look at it as, you know, you got to go out and close the sale. We're like, you got to do what you can to help the customer and let them make the decision on what they want to do. And a lot of times that leads to the sales and policy. So do you always stay within the industry? Do you always look for experience or, or what is that? What is that kind of initial criteria for you? What have you maybe seen the best results with? Um, depends on the role. I mean, if we have an immediate need, like if, like right now, Nancy's department, we need somebody that has a little bit of a commercial experience. We just can't hire and train because we need to get somebody on the ground running. Um, she has an assistant role that has a young lady who just graduated college in June that she's uh, kind of training and taking under her wing. So we kind of do both. Um, it depends on the position. If it's more of a, a senior account manager role, we want experience. But we we have hired and brought in some assistants as new to the industry and kind of trained them and got them licensed and um, we have one back in commercial line that that's pretty smart and looks like it's going to work out so do you uh do you still have your and this is i think one of my favorite things do you still have your uh like um like full-time handshaker like community like networker position no she um i know she left she, i didn't know if you ever gotten somebody new no no i mean that i mean like i told you when we had it that role was really created just for her because we knew we can trust her with yeah anything she wasn't going to try to work the system so um we haven't really tried to, to fill that role i mean i'm out there work me and nancy are still out there going to as many things as we can but we don't have that dedicated uh boots on the ground marketer person i guess hmm. yeah that's one of my, I mean, that's it's one something, of my favorite thing i've heard from you guys in a while I, I, I'm, I'm, that's, that's curious that i mean obviously it's a very unique kind of qualification yeah. like you said to have that trust yeah, if we find the right person, it's definitely something we'll rekindle because we have plenty of meetings that we can send them to. But yeah. it's just it's got to be the right person, and, and we haven't found that right person yet. And that's not a role I just want to throw somebody in just to get business cards and handshakes going on in the road. So. so so this is what I'm kind of interested in. Walk me through that process. You know, So we, we're talking about bringing this new person in. or you know, like What does it look like You know, when you're, 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 you're focusing on that? that ad or that organic, I mean, just you, you've, you've, you, you have basically the ability to generate, you know, leads on command, essentially. What does that process look like to handle it? Do you, do you separate or differentiate, I should say, between the paid stuff and the organic stuff? And, and how, how do you, how do you kind of prepare the, the people in your agency to handle that? Um, no, we don't really separate it. I mean, the things get divvied up as they come in, just as if, 
Um, just normal process. Uh, yeah. When they're really running, it's commercial lines running things, and 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 when they're really running, Nancy gets the mother load of the commercial leads because they don't want to hear it as the owner, but she's still the best closer we have in here, and that's not the best problem to have as a business owner, unfortunately. Right. Um, you want to have people that can close so she can work on the business, not in it. But yeah. um, we kind of divide. I mean, it, it doesn't. There's nothing. We haven't really fine-tuned like separation of powers between the paid leads and the, and the regular leads. Um, we just expect everybody to have the skill set to handle it, no matter how it comes in. That's interesting. Have you have you found like just approaching? Like I don't know if you're fielding some of the calls if you're sitting and listening, but like just listening to the different like. Uh, just the way the conversation started based on how they've interacted with the agency, be it through an ad or through some type of organic content. Is there, have you noticed a difference uh, as far as uh, the way that they approach you and just kind of treat the, the process, the lead that is? Yeah. I mean, the ones that spend time on the site, actually, I guess feel more comfortable with us because we have, uh, for the contractors and auto dealers, we have like a, um, it's kind of an educational page, not just a sales page. So like sure. our auto dealer page, it walks a used car dealer through the steps of the, you know, yeah. where you're at in the process. And here's the MBA licensing packet. If you don't have one yet, you don't need the insurance until you, after you get approved by the MBA. So we try to, it, we, we try to educate, not just sell on the website. And, and the ones that spend time on the website seem like the more open to, to talk because they feel like they're talking to somebody that, that knows their business and that 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 makes a difference because nancy actually knows the used car business and and the contractor business almost as much as some of the newer um, definitely as much as the newer folks in the business but almost yeah much some of the experienced guys so i mean she's been to auto auctions and everything with the dealers just so she can see how that works too so how how important is that do you guys notice any difference when you know you kind of dedicate you know took that level of like dedication to understanding the people you're you're trying to do business with um, it helps because we have we have referrals come not only the online stuff we have referrals from auto dealers that are referring other auto dealers because they 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 let them know how how she does how she knows the business I mean um, she also has ones that call in say today I'm think I'm going to open my business I haven't done this and she's like where are you at in the licensing process she's like well I haven't submitted my packet yet and she's like well you're about three months out you don't need the insurance now. And they're like, what? <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guys will just write your insurance now, and you'd pay yeah. for it for the next three months and not need it. Yeah. You don't need it until they approve you, and then when you once you get approved, come on back and we'll take care of you. And they appreciate that. And they actually, that's, probably half of them that actually go through and open their business call back. That's, more than half, actually. That's so big, right? I mean, and that's you know, I, this is something, and I got I want to get your insight on this because. Yeah, I've always said, you know, the, the easiest and fastest way to gain trust is to tell somebody that something that goes directly against your best interest, right? It's, yeah, right. you could obviously take the policy right now and they really maybe wouldn't even know any different that they might. But, you know, that's, I mean, that's something that right there, that one moment, that like 15 second period is probably worth, I don't know, five, 10 years in renewals probably. And I don't know if, yeah. if you've had a similar experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah, retention is big on on those type of businesses when they stay in business. Well, and actually, nice. ones, that, yeah, and we have ones that actually didn't open their doors, but they referred their buddy because they knew how she handled them. So they, she yeah. gets referrals from business she don't even close because the business didn't get up and operating as as expected. So, 
it keeps that door open and, and that trust level, like you said, up where it needs to be. Yeah, and well, that also comes with knowing the business, knowing the, the industry too, right? Because I mean, if she wasn't as familiar, with, you know, if Nancy wasn't as familiar with it, then you know, she might not have that insight and might just have the just kind of the the, the tendency to just close the sale and, and not lose it. Yeah, and that's the difference between being a, a consultant and an ed, and an order taker. Really, we like to take the consultative role, not I, a, just an order taker role. So you know, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Jerry, but I must I must I must surround myself with a lot of consultants because I mean, most of the people I kind of interact with in the industry this is a good thing uh, takes that approach but i know that that's not maybe even common um i mean we're at any point were you guys in the order taking business or is this kind of you know long been hey listen this is what we're going to do um i since i've been around i can't say we have been an order taking business i mean it's taken yeah. some when I first came aboard, we had a girl that's been in the, was here for a few years, and and she was in the business for a while, and she was at one of those shops that was just, you know, one state minimum limits. Yeah. Give me a price. So, and there's other people that we hired from different agencies that just focus on price and and they're order takers. But once they get in here and listen to our philosophies, I mean, we don't. I mean, it's just not something we do. I mean, I don't. I don't. Since I've been around the business, I haven't seen. Yeah, uh, the order taking side in, in this office. So, yeah, I, I, every so often I would get a client on health insurance back in the day where they would they would call me up and uh, and they'd want to kind of like they'd kind of be like a little aggressive towards like whatever their political views on health insurance or health insurance companies. They'd be like, and I would just be like, if you caught me in the right mood, I'd, I'd kind of fight with them a little bit. You know, I'd be like, yo, listen, like this is the, this is what is happening. This is the reality of why your insurance costs this much money and. You, know, you can you know you can either take that information and use it or not and more often than not they usually end up respecting you when you provide them with you know an educated point of view so they can be educated and then they're they're more grateful to that because right. they can understand well, i think that's i think and maybe this is a little off topic but you know what have your what has your experience been like with providing that education because when when somebody feels empowered then that's something that's a little bit different versus just kind of keeping them in the dark. And that's something that is not happening on as wide of a scale, I guess, as I'd like to see is that that empowerment of the knowledge that they need to make those decisions and uh, back to the consulting thing. But it just makes a huge difference in my opinion. It does. And you're going to have the ones that still don't want to listen to your advice and say, I just need to find a cheaper insurance somewhere else. And, uh, and, And really, I mean, we don't like losing customers, but if they're not willing to listen and, 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 I mean, we're not. I read things online sometimes. People are like, I just take what the customer says is their policy. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I see that. But <laughs> I, if somebody says I just want state minimum limits, just let me sign whatever I need, and they go out there and lose their house because of it, I I couldn't sleep at night. So. Yeah. Certain things we don't do. Um, just because we don't, it's not something I can live with if something happened to them. Now, I mean, all I can do is advise them if they decide to go somewhere else and, and, and limit their uninsured motorists or their PIP or their lower their liability to state minimums or yeah. but I just gotta go to sleep at night knowing we did all we could to to help them out and that's all we can do we can, we can try to help we can't make them force them to do anything they don't want to do but it makes what was the original question again how's it uh I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> we're just kind of going off on this, just kind of riffing on this whole tangent of, of, of telling them, you know, just being honest and, and, and the, you know, providing them with that education. 
I think. Yeah, I mean, like my best friend, I mean, one of my best friends I grew up with, I took him down a $2 million umbrella policy and said, here, you need it for these reasons. And yeah. I'm not the insurance salesman, but, but because he's my best friend and I was, he handles all my car repairs, and Nancy was like, take this down there and take care of this. Okay. Yeah. He's like, he looked at me and goes, Jerry, am I really going to need a $2 million umbrella? I said, Clark, I hope the hell not. But yeah. if you do and I didn't offer it to you, then I, would, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Yeah. And he goes, all right, that's all I need. And he signed the paperwork and gave me a check. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's unless a, you can tell me how big that lawsuit's going to be that you get, I can't tell you if you need it or not, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's, it's not like, and I think the other thing too is back to the education again, it's, it's, it's instead of running from the information, it's, you know, just embracing it. And, and the fact that the fact is, I mean, you know, the difference between a million or a million and a half and two is not really the end of the world and, and as far as a premium is concerned. Right. Yeah, um, you're looking less less than a hundred hundred bucks between a million and two million, so I mean, so it's just it's 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 looking at that and making that argument and, and saying, Listen, yeah, I, I understand that, you know, uh it doesn't it sounds like a lot and you you probably won't ever need it, but you know, take a hundred times fifteen years or however long you know what I mean, that whatever the number is, yeah, you know, you're not even close. So And he drives and I would have worked each way every day. And I was like, mm -hmm. you're on the road a lot, and there's a, the chances of you having an accident are, are yeah. not not bad. They're actually pretty good because of as much as you drive. And yeah. So huh. it's just the numbers are going to be there. I mean, he said, he said a couple of deer, but they didn't see one. But. Well, one thing that uh, I'm certainly excited about is you're going to be at Elevate speaking, kind of delivering all this stuff. I don't even know if I know this. We've, we've been kind of you know talking back and forth. What What... What can somebody officially expect from your session at Elevate? I don't know if you know yet or not, but uh, what, what are we looking at? Um, I guess the overall concept I'm going to show is that, I mean, a lot of people when they think of Google ads are, are like, it's a waste of money. I can't compete with Geico or, or, or the guy spending a, a billion, I just put this together for Sid. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I can't compete with this billion-dollar budget. So there's no way I can win in AdWords. And, and I just want to show them that there is a way that you can win on in AdWords. You just won't be competing with the $55 a click words. You just got to right. be able to get your click click cost down to that eight to $12 range with, with your niche marketing and you can make it work. And, and um, so it's just, I want to just kind of try to show people what can work and, and do some basics of how to set up an ad. So it looks attractive and talk about once they click where they're going that's the other thing. If you, mm -hmm. if if your landing page sucks, <laughs> your your ad performance is going to suck. That's all there is to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's not just the ad. You got to think about where you're sending them when they click, and that can make a world of difference in the conversion rate and also the the cost of your ad as far as the uh, quality score of your Google ad. And you could be paying twenty dollars a click. Where if you adjusted your landing page, you could knock that down to twelve dollars a click. Jerry, so, you mean you mean the homepage isn't a isn't a great place to send them? Yeah, like if I'm t t telling you to go to my contractor's page and I just shoot you into my homepage and you got to find your way to contractors, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Kind of like you shoot, you know, click on an ad for a pair of shoes and you go to Target's homepage and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> what um, what was one of the big biggest adjustments that you made with one of those you know ad experiences to where like it was one thing and then you made this slight tweak and then you know really things took off? Do you, do you have anything that stands out? Yeah, the biggest thing was, I mean, when you, when you start using AdWords, Google will call you every quarter because yeah. they want you to find a way to spend more money with them. Yeah. Um, initially, we just had one ad for contractors, and I tried, and I had the keywords, you know, for HVAC and plumbers and, and all the different contractors 
keyworded to that one ad. Yeah. And they smartly suggested I break those out into different ad, different ads. That way the plumber's ad is just for plumbers, and it goes to the plumbing page on our mm-hmm. website. The HVAC, HVAC ad is just for HVAC, so it, it kind of incre- decreased the cost per click because now the landing page was specific to the type of keyword uh, contractor instead of just going to our contractor's page. Yeah. So it kind of reduced the cost and it actually increased the performance of it because now with that electrician, when clicked on the ad, he was looking at information geared towards electricians, not just for every contractor. So, I mean, that was big that they uh, they um, suggested I do, and that, that, that made a difference right away. And then adding um, the different extensions. I mean, there's you can put a call extension on there. That way, when they're looking on a mobile device, instead of clicking on the website and have to fill out a form, they can just hit call now. And we get just as many conversions that way as we do with the actual form fill out. So, yeah. If you had one thing that somebody could at least dabble or try with an ad or something before they actually sit in that room with you at Elevate, just to kind of know where they're coming from to make it easier for them to understand some of the stuff. Like what is the one thing that is really kind of easy or just, you know, low cost, low barrier to just kind of dabble with to get their appetite wet? Um, I think part of uh, Chris Lane Gilles' presentation last year made a lot of sense. He says you should always have a low-budget Google ad going for, for your agency name. Yeah. Um, so nobody else can take it over with a <laughs> with a because um, you you see it all the time. People can use that um, what do they call that that they can do an in, keyword insert yep. for certain words and then they'll look up Huff insurance Huff insurance for auto insurance. And next thing you know, their ad has Huff insurance slash auto insurance and it's not going to my page. It's going to their page. So I guess to own your name, and, and he he suggested just a buck or two a day just to to put out there because it's not going to be an expensive keyword because nobody else is trying to keyword your name. Right. But just to dabble at it and, and practice creating an ad, which is Google makes it simple. They, I mean, they really do make it simple to spend your money and why not, right? And that's something we all got to learn in this industry. If people want to give you money, make it simple to do it, and and that's what we're fighting with with the carriers and and. The, Oh, Jerry, don't light that dumpster fire. Not at the end of the not at the end no, of the podcast. Not don't, the light, end of the, don't light that dumpster yeah. fire. I mean, because we could go yeah, but, forever on that. But I 100% agree. Make it easy to get the money. Yeah. So I mean, I would just go out there and throw a quick ad up to, for your agency. Put it out there for you know two bucks a day in, in a 25 mile radius of your agency, and and see how many people are actually looking up your agency name. And you can do an exact keyword. That's the other thing I'll talk about too. Is a different types of keywords you can use, whether it be a broad match, a phrase match, or an exact match, and how that can really blow your budget up or and make it totally seem outrageous, which I saw a comment on a yeah. post on one of the sites just yesterday saying that it's a waste of money because the broad match, I'm getting things for Geico. I was like, well, if you're doing that, if you're doing broad match, then you got to focus on your negative keyword list and get Geico out of there. So, But based on your matching, you can either make or break your budget as well. So, but um, just write, do a small ad with your agency name and, and, and see how many people find you that way. I mean, that's... Yeah, I like that. That's pretty simple, straightforward. Yeah, I mean, that's something risk. Chris Langeal did last year at Elevate as part of his presentation. He goes, you want to yeah. do this, own your name. And that's something Paradiso always pre- uh, preaches too. you got to yeah. own your name. Yeah. Um, 
I'm curious, Jerry, what, uh, you know, with everything that you guys have already are, have done and are already doing in the agency, I'm always curious to know, like, what is, what's the next thing that, you know, has is, is got your attention right now? It's like, man, I need to spend a little more time here. I got to figure this out. This is the thing I think is really going to help us get to whatever that next level might look like. I mean, right now, um, time is my biggest constraint because we lost our accounting person too. So guess who's doing all the accounting work and then kind of to put some of the marketing on the back budget back burner for that too. Um, that's a good question. Cause I mean, I've been having to do some accounting recently that, um, but, I mean, some of the advanced targeting techniques like the pixeling and, and, and uh, the retargeting, I haven't really gotten involved with that. I mean, that's, and that's the thing about this lesson too. It's not going to be a complicated thing about language you don't understand. So I, I don't, I haven't gotten involved in that. I know there's value in that. I just haven't had a chance to get involved in it. And, and if I don't have enough time to really get to know it, I'm not going to just throw money and hope it works. I want to get to know how it works first because I spent a lot of money trying to learn how this worked first until I realized I need to learn more about it. So, You know, one of the last things I think I want to kind of wrap things up with is the the overall intimidation factor to everything because again like you said like it sounds intimidating in some some ways shape or form and you know i think that the idea of just owning your name is pretty simple but um you know what if you had to kind of set an expectation of of being comfortable with it and 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 not being afraid of all of this stuff i mean how long would you say people need to give it like what's a realistic runway to to know whether or not they're they're learning and making progress and that it's something they should ultimately stick with um I mean, you got to give it a few months because you got to constantly tweak it and you just can't put an ad out there and let it sit you got to go in and and i go in like every week when it's running and and, and see how it's performing and see if there's any negative keywords i have to add um and then make adjustments based on google suggestions as far as adding the extensions and they just made a couple changes recently that you can add another line of ads. So, I mean, it's just little things like that. If you didn't go back in and check, you wouldn't know it was available. But, I mean, you just got to tweak it, pick pick your pick your location, pick your time, pick your – I mean, the budget's big. I mean, you can spend as, as little or as much as you want depending on your daily budget. So it's not like you got to go out and spend, you know, ten grand a month to get it to work. Um, I mean, we're running full force. Full force, I think I'm spending around between twelve and $1,500 a month when we're running full force and we're probably writing forty to fifty thousand dollars worth of business every month so it's paying for itself you got to give it time you got to learn you just can't get frustrated and kick it to the curb and if you don't have time i mean there are some qualified vendors out there but you still got to know what what goals you want to achieve by using them so you still have a have to have a little knowledge of the process in order to make sure to hold them accountable because if you hire somebody to do something that you have no idea what they're doing they're going to give you numbers and that's going to look okay but then you're still not going to understand what's going on so i'm not saying don't farm it out but if you do farm it out you still have to have to have a basic understanding of what you're look what they're doing otherwise they're just going to say look we spent your budget this month we did good well jerry i'm i i can't wait uh because i think this is like good stuff and i i think I've long been, like I said, long been a fan of you know the agency, um, you know what you guys do at Huff Insurance. Um, pretty excited to see you guys again at Elevate, and um, just looking forward to 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 you kind of breaking all that stuff down, making it accessible. So really, thank you for taking the time to kind of talk and get everybody warmed up for for all that action. All right, thank you, Joey, for having me on.